Today is Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The life celebration of Pat Robertson. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. Share it with a friend. You can email us as well. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. Joining me, as always, Billy Hallowell. Trey's on vacation this week. And Billy, what's going on? Happy Tuesday to you. I, I'm i excited, as always. I'm <laughs> caffeinated and contented. I can go. say that like once a week now. I don't want to overdo it, but I am today. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm already one diet Mountain Dew in myself, uh, mostly because I've once again, for like the 10th time in 2023, have, I'm losing my voice for no reason. I don't understand it, but uh, it just keeps happening. So I mentioned it at the end of yesterday's podcast, but please be praying for that. It's very annoying. But uh, I digress. What a, you have a very interesting one coming up today, Billy. An actor talks about what it was like to play Satan and what he's learned from that. That's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, it's actor Neil McDonough. Didn't want to play the role, ended up <laughs> deciding to do it, and actually learned a lot from it. So we're going to get into the, the life lessons and faith lessons you learned from that. <laughs> All right, looking forward to that conversation. Also, we're going to be checking in with the Alliance for Defending Freedom on why a California-based church um, and their preschool program have been cut off from participating in federal a federal food program. They, they're calling the situation an example of religious discrimination. So we will dive into that important case on the main thing today. But right now, we're going to go through the news here in 90 seconds. And yesterday was the life celebration of Pat Robertson, CBN's founder. It was a powerful remembrance service filled with a lot of really great stories and uh, just um, remembering the service and the life of Pat Robertson and his children spoke as well, including current CBN CEO Gordon Robertson, as well as the First Lady of Virginia, all of them honoring and dedicating the uh, work of Pat Robertson and just... Uh, his dedication to service, really, at the end of the day, including starting Operation Blessing uh, and many other organizations that have partnered with CBN as well. And just what an incredible imprint and uh, just a, a great service. And you can check it out online at the CBN News YouTube channel if you missed it. And filmmakers behind a new documentary that exposed the dark side of gender affirming care. They're fighting to keep the film in theaters. This was after some LGBT groups pressured AMC to cancel the nationwide screening of it. It's called No Way Back, the reality of gender-affirming care. And a search and rescue operation was launched yesterday to locate a submersible that went to check out the Titanic wreckage. And they're still looking for it as it went missing. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNNews.com. Billy, Pat's, Pat's celebration yesterday. Uh, I mean, pretty pretty great stuff there. A lot, of, a lot of great moments, great memories. And Gordon kind of sheepishly said at the end, look, this is not my idea. This isn't some crazy, wacky thing I came up with. But I'm just honoring the wishes of my father. And apparently... Pat had put down that he wanted his casket to be carried away, away from the service when the service had concluded to a New Orleans band playing 
when the Saints go marching in. And so that's what they did. And it was pretty cool. What a, what a way to go out. Yeah, what a way to go out. And what a what a way to be remembered for a life well lived, right? You know, and we've talked about that a lot over the last, you know, over the last few days. But just looking at the impact that this one man had over the world, over the Christian world and over the world more generally um, through relief efforts, through media. It's just, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, you're going to have the haters, you're gonna have the trolls that, that, uh, that, that are criticizing because, you know, when you, when you stand for something, particularly when you stand for the Christian faith and look, when you're on the air for, I think they said he did 10,000 shows or something like that over his lifetime, uh, you know, you're going to say things people disagree with. I mean, who who do you agree with 100% out of everyone you know? I mean, other than Jesus, nobody. So nobody. So that's going to happen. But of course, you know, you're, when you stand as boldly as Pat did on what he believed and his faith, you're going to have people who criticize. And so I don't even think that's a knock at all. I um, mean, wear that yeah. as a badge of honor in most cases. If you're not offending anybody, then it probably means you're not doing enough. So well done there, Pat, and uh, great service. If you missed it, as I said, go check it out uh, over at the CBN News YouTube channel and on CBNNews.com. All right, we're going to move over to our focus story now. Actor Neil McDonough initially wanted to reject the role playing the devil, which, I mean, I think you can understand why, right? (laughs) But he inevitably decided to actually take it on. And I think it had more of an impact than he thought it would. Well, yeah. And, you know, isn't he known as a villain, too? That's the interesting part. I mean, he's (laughs) played a lot of villains throughout the years in Hollywood. Uh, But the film is The Shift. It has not come out yet. Um, This is from Angel Studios. It's Angel Studios, and you'll remember them from The Chosen. Uh, It's their first feature film that the company has supported. And I'll just read a little synopsis here. It's an uplifting story set in a sci-fi world showing the struggle to maintain faith in God in the midst of great trial. And so this is, you know, a movie about faith, and yet somebody needed to play Satan. And so Neil had said he initially was really reluctant, and he's a very strong Catholic. So this is an actor who does talk a lot about faith, a lot about his faith. Um, in fact, even in the past, I, I believe, you know, won't won't do sex scenes, won't do those sorts of things um, to honor his wife. It's just something he's put a line in the sand on. So this is somebody who, you know, really thinks about the roles that he takes. Uh, but he told the Christian Post that when he was looking at the shift, he again said, no, I don't want to do it. But his wife was like, hey, wait a minute, you know, think twice about this. Maybe, maybe we should pray through it. And so they sat down, they prayed through it and he ended up taking on the role and he was telling the Christian boss, he's like, look, I'm really grateful for this. I'm grateful that she convinced me uh, to do it. And so it's, it's just, it's interesting when you're reluctant. Sometimes our wives are the ones who can get us to change our, our minds the most. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And you know, just as a side note here, you bring up his unwillingness to do sex scenes, which I've always wondered at how that's not cheating, right? Like, how do you get away with just saying, like, especially you do like a very steamy scene and there's clothes off and all the rest. Like, how's that not cheating? Like, in what other scenario would would the spouse be like, oh, that's okay. Yeah, you could do that. That's fine. But we're going to film it on camera and put it in the movie and it's totally fine. Like, I... I don't see how there's any difference there. I mean, maybe it's just me. I don't know if, if that's a controversial opinion or not, but I think he's absolutely right to to do that. 
And um, I mean, just from speaking from personal experience, a girl I dated in high school was on the um, the acting you know, squad, whatever they called it. And they had a scene where she kissed someone on the stage. And I, it was like the most uncomfortable moment of my life. I'm like, wait a minute. This is what's going on here. I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> this is my girlfriend. Yeah, what's exactly. I was like, what is this? And so, I mean, I can completely empathize with that. But anyway, um, what lessons did he take away from this? Because obviously that's that's quite a role. Yeah, you know, he said, he said, quote, I'm so grateful that she convinced me to do it because when you play characters like this, you learn so much about yourself and how blessed I am to have God's backing in everything that I do, to have all the gifts that God's given me in my life. He talked about his wife, his kids, and the ability to make movies and TV shows. Um, but then he went a little deeper. He said when he gets to play a character like the devil, <clears throat> he again, he learns about himself, uh, learns about his blessings. He said it's hard to explain what goes through your mind as a method actor when you play the devil? Um, and just kind of looking at how horrible the devil is, right? Yeah. Um, and what it what it takes to sort of present him. He talked about presenting the devil as though he were a petulant child, right? And kind of looking at not just reading in scripture, but really imagining and thinking through what does this look like? Like who who is the devil? What is he trying to do? Um, how is he trying to harm humanity. And, and that was a really eye-opening experience for him um, to be able to do that and to be able to sort of, through looking at who Satan is, point people back towards good. Yeah, absolutely. Very interesting perspective there. And you know, when we're looking at this, how can understanding Satan, as he's talking about an evil, impact people's faith in a positive way? Because it seems like it could be very counterproductive where you're just dwelling on that side of things and it could be just a negative. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I had a project a few years back that I worked on that I had to look intensely at evil only like looking at the Bible. What does the Bible say about evil? And I actually found it to be a really peaceful experience and it's kind of odd to say, but it points you back to your need for mm -hmm. God, right? Like yeah. why do you need Jesus, right? Like what, and I think when you actually look at what evil is and you look at the world around you, it gives you a much better sense of what we're dealing with. It's really easy as believers to not want to think about those things, to only focus. And we should primarily focus on what Jesus has done for us on our hope, but without seeing that other side, I have found that it actually brings you closer to your faith when you have a chance to to do that. And so I think we don't want to have an unhealthy obsession with evil, but we do want to understand its proper place, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think there's a tendency in a lot of Christian circles to just sort of brush evil under the rug and not pay attention to it, right? And um, and I've, I've seen sermons on this where people have online, not at the churches I'm going to just to be clear where they're talking about how great everyone is and yada 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 and to your point like why you need to be saved because we're all under you know the curse of sin that is that has come from adam and eve and their initial original sin we're all under that curse and so then you see the connection to satan and everything else and it's like oh yeah, I've got that in me. And, and and look, if we're all being honest, you know, you go through all the lists of the Ten Commandments even. Ray Comfort does this famously, right? And you realize, like, wait a minute, I, I do this all the time. And so you're right. That's how we find out our need for a Savior. And that's what, that's what ultimately should make us so grateful that Jesus has grace on us and offers grace to us because we clearly don't deserve it. 
Yeah, and I think we also have to contend with something that, you know, a lot, there are some churches that obsess over evil. It's all they talk about. Yeah, and yeah. there are some that never want to talk about it, right? right? But the reality is it's prevalence in Scripture, obviously, I think is a call for us to really understand it. And I, yeah. and I do think we shouldn't abdicate that understanding. And for somebody who's an actor having to put themselves in that role— I would imagine you have to take an intense look at who Satan is in scripture. Somebody who's a Catholic, they're going to do that. Somebody who's a Christian, yeah. they're going to do that. So, so yeah, that to me is, is a little um, eye opening and interesting. And I love that it was the wife again, who was like, wait, 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 <laughs> yeah, don't pass this up. You don't know what, you don't know what yeah. you're going to take away from it. No, that's great. Great observation by her. I'm glad she did it as well. Cause then we get to hear about this testimony uh, here. So I appreciate you bringing that one. And by the way, you can check it out, the full story and the interview over at Faithwire. Com. So appreciate that one, Billy. And we're going to move over to the main thing now. And Jeremiah Gallus, the senior counsel for Alliance for Defending Freedom, the ADF, joined the Quick Start podcast to explain why the California-based Church of Compassion and Dayspring Learning Center, its preschool program they have there, why that's been cut off from participating in a federal food program. He's calling the situation an example of religious discrimination. Well, Billy's got the details on that for today's main thing. So I want to dive into this very interesting case out in California. State and federal officials have suspended a California church and preschool from a federal food program. Can you explain what's going on here? Yeah, th thanks, Billy. It's a really um, disturbing example here of religious discrimination taking place in the state of California. So we represent the Church of Compassion and its uh, preschool program uh, called uh, Dayspring Learning Center. And for nearly 20 years, they have been participating in a federal food program that is uh, run nationally by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the USDA, and run locally there in the state of California by the California Department of Social Services. And this is a church and preschool that serves primarily a, an immigrant um, population um, in the community, uh, lower income, approximately 40% of the children that attend this preschool uh, qualify for free uh, food under this federal program. And again, for nearly 20 years, they participated successfully serving these children and these families well. Well, in 2022, the state, state officials with the California, California Department of Social Services, following the guidance of the USDA, implemented new non-discrimination provisions that would uh, do two very sad things. It would force the church and the uh, preschool to give up their right to hire employees who share their faith um, and live out that faith. I mean, it would require them to change uh, their internal policies. They would prohibit them from aligning their internal policies uh, to correspond with their religious beliefs about um, sexuality. So they would have to allow biological boys, for instance, to use girls' restrooms. They'd have to change their use of pronouns um, and the like, um, all because they're trying to serve needy children. And when they refuse to follow these new provisions, state officials kick them out of the program. So, so let's go back a little bit into what changed because you mentioned this went on for 20 years. They were in this program and you're talking three to $4,000 a month, I believe. Uh, that, that's a substantial amount of money for a ministry that is trying to feed people. The thing that seems to have changed here, as you were stating, is the Biden administration's determination of what sex means, correct? That, that was sort of the, what, when the Biden administration made that change, it sort of trickled down then into the state level. 
That's exactly right. So the USDA is is tasked with enforcing Title IX. And if you participate in the food program, you are a recipient of federal financial assistance, and that subjects you to Title IX's requirements. Title IX prohibits uh, sex discrimination. It's always prohibited sex discrimination. And that's been no problem at all for the church and Dayspring. They have no problem with that provision. The problem that came um, in 2022 was USDA reinterpreted that 50-plus-year-old law that prohibits sex discrimination to include sexual orientation and gender identity. So it's saying that sex now means sexual orientation and gender identity. And of course, it's an over 50-year-old law. And when Congress first enacted Title IX, sex meant sex. It meant biological sex. There's only two, male and female. It did not mean sexual orientation or gender identity. And so that precipitated this whole thing. You know, I I think an observer would come in and they would say, "Okay, you have a church here and you have a you know, you have a school that is owned, a daycare that is owned by that church. You know why? I'm going to ask you this and I know the answer, but I want people to understand why is it important in a case like this for the school and the church to be able to hire the people they believe are most fit for that position in light of their mission? Why is that an essential thing? Well, first and foremost, the church and, and the preschool are trying to teach children about Jesus and, and what it means to have a relationship with Jesus and their creator, God. And to do that, you need people who believe that it's important, that understand it, and are able to share share that um, belief and articulate that belief clearly. And what, what people, and I think the state officials in this case in particular, fail to recognize is that the church and Dayspring they serve these children and families precisely because their religious beliefs teach them to do that. It's an exercise of their faith and their religion that they serve needy children, that they provide food for them. And to ask them to give that up is, is just, it's untenable. It's something a religious organization like theirs cannot do. Now, ADF filed an amended complaint and a motion for a preliminary injunction recently. What are you hoping to gain? What are you hoping to see happen as a result of this case? Well, we're hoping the church and Dayspring are allowed back into the food program. At the end of the day, we want to see children served and, and fed. We want families to be able to choose religious schools, to choose a religious education for their child without being discriminated against, without being excluded from uh, government programs like this. And so what we're asking the court to do with a preliminary injunction is to allow uh, the school and church back into the program without being forced to compromise or violate their religious beliefs. And at the end of the day, we're hoping for a permanent injunction that would prohibit state officials and federal officials from doing anything like this again in the future. How has this impacted the ministry? You know, we, we often talk about these cases and it's, you know, I think it can become sort of jading for some people. It's like, oh, you know, this ministry is having this issue, but but these are real people who are impacted, the population they're serving here. What has been the real life impact on these families and individuals as a result of the church and the school being booted from this program? Well, the, the real life impact is where they're being told by their elected officials that they're second class. The fact that they hold particular religious beliefs or attend a religious school that believes like the church in Dayspring does, that they are not entitled to food that other students and families are, are entitled to. Now, I, w- I would like to point out that the church and Dayspring are, are going to continue to serve however they can. And so they are going to strive to provide these meals and feed these hungry children. Um, they're just doing so out of pocket. They're being penalized 
for their religious beliefs, where if they didn't hold these beliefs and follow these beliefs, they'd be entitled to reimbursements just like every other school and preschool. You know, you're the attorney here. I am not an attorney, but it is interesting watching these debates unfold because you have this dynamic of a first versus the 14th Amendment. It seems like these continue to percolate and heat up in this debate over, you know, do you protect people's equal protection? Do you protect institutions and individuals' religious liberty? Can you speak to that a little bit here? Because it would seem like there could easily be a middle ground on these sorts of, of issues that wouldn't have led us to this point. Yeah, well, here, the church and preschool, they serve everyone. They welcome all families and all children. They have families currently attending the preschool that uh, identify as LGBTQ, um, and they are glad to have them there. And those families understand that this is a Christian school, and they're happy with the Christian education that's being provided. So there are no rights being uh, uh, violated um, here by the church or the preschool. The only rights being violated are, are being done by the state and federal officials, and that's the rights of the church, the preschool, and the families and students that they serve. So, you know, you, you said this at the top of the interview, and I, I want to reiterate this. If they were to have stayed in this program, what would they have had to compromise of their beliefs in order to do that? Well, they would have had to compromise their hiring practices first and foremost. They would be required to hire those that don't share and live out their religious beliefs. Even though this money goes specifically to foods, the, the government officials in charge of administering the program are attempting to use that as a hook to interfere and regulate with the hiring practices of the church and preschool. On top of that, they would be required to uh, realign their internal policies on rest, restroom usage, pronouns, dress codes um, to no longer correspond with biological sex, but to correspond with a, a chosen gender identity, which of course violates the church and preschool's religious beliefs. So again, this is not a, a situation of um, making sure that children are being fed. The church and preschool are doing that. They welcome all children. They welcome all families. They would never turn away a hungry child. But what the government officials are asking them to do is to give up their religious beliefs as it pertains to hiring practices and also give up their religious beliefs as they apply it to their internal policies and rules. All right, Billy, thanks so much for that main thing there. And I, it's just another one of these examples. Like we saw the man getting arrested in Reading. Like we're just seeing this. It feels like a constant push against Christians and just to have their right to be able to express their um, religion. Yeah, you know, and we wanted to be fair. We reached out to the California Department of Social Services, and of course, they don't comment on matters <laughs> subject to pending litigation. So, yeah. yeah, it's just it's another bizarre example. And I think the government obviously should be having loopholes. We'll call it a loophole, but exemptions for these sorts of things. If they're yeah. going to create these policies, there should be exemptions at least. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, appreciate you bringing it. And we have time here for one last thing. Romans 12, 21, in light of our conversation about evil, it reads, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And that's just a great verse to live by in general. And also as we talk about these subjects of evil, understanding and processing them. Yeah, and a, and a practical application is just like, don't respond in a, in a way that's trying to seek vengeance or anything else in the midst of it, which is very easy to do, easier said than done. So appreciate that verse. That's going to leave it uh, for the podcast today. We'll leave it there. And as always, Lord willing, in that creek don't rise, we shall return tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then.